We're going to do a little two-week series entitled Thanksgiving Power. And as I was praying and thinking about uh, this message, I really felt like the Holy Spirit said a couple things to me specifically. He said, Keith, he said, there is a spiritual power uh, that is released through Thanksgiving. Uh, there's a spiritual power that is released through Thanksgiving. And then he just began to talk to me about the idea that, uh, that Thanksgiving uh, is not a gift that we receive. And what do I mean by that is simply this. Uh, there's no such thing as the spiritual gift of Thanksgiving. Uh, but here's the good news. You can cultivate a thankful heart. So you don't have to have the gift of Thanksgiving to be thankful, right? You can actually cultivate a thankful and a grateful heart. And then I felt like the Lord said this. He said, Keith, when you cultivate a grateful, thankful heart in your life, you actually tap in to another level of spiritual power that's available to you. And I don't know about you guys, but I believe God always has more. Anybody believe God, that God has more for you, more power, more glory, more grace, more of His goodness, more of His mercy? I believe there's more that God wants to do in us and through us. And I believe that through thanksgiving, we can tap into the power of God to continue to live the life that He's called us to live. So we're going to look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, this is kind of a very familiar scripture if you're going to talk about Thanksgiving. But I'm going to kind of back up and kind of read uh, a little bit from uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 14 through 23. And we're just going to kind of ring out some great truths today uh, out of these scriptures. So look what Paul says. He says, Now we exhort you, brethren, to warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, y'all say that with me, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now let me just remind you, God does not say uh, to give thanks for everything, God says to give thanks in everything. So in the midst of every circumstance, in the midst of every situation, in the midst of every environment that we find ourselves, we can give thanks. Why? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for, look what it says, for you, right? For you and for me, this is God's will for our lives. And then he goes on in verse 19, and he says, And do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, Abstain from every form of evil, and now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So look at that first point on your outline. Thanksgiving power. I want you to see three specific things that Thanksgiving power does. Thanksgiving power enables us to live in the will of God, right? So the Bible says very clearly that we should give thanks in everything because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And one of the things I've recognized in my life and as I talk to people that are following Christ, everybody that is genuinely following after the Lord has one common denominator in common, and that is this. People that are really following after Christ want to do the will of God. Anybody want to do the will of God today? If you're online, how about you? If you want to do the will of God, why don't you type something in there and let us know, hey, I want to do the will of God. I want to live in the will of God. Well, Paul gives us an amazing insight right here. He says part of the key to living in the will of God is to be thankful. To be thankful in every circumstance, in every situation, because this is the will of God for your life. So one of the ways that we begin to live in the will of the Lord is that we begin to live with a grateful and a thankful spirit. It literally puts us in a place where we are living and doing and being the kind of person 
that God is calling us to be. And not only does Thanksgiving put us into the will of God, enable us to live in the will of God, but it also sanctifies us to do the work of the Lord. Now the word sanctify is a, a kind of a big fancy Bible word that simply means this. It means to be set apart. When we live with a grateful, thankful spirit, Thanksgiving sets us apart. It sanctifies us for the work that God wants to do in us and through us. Now I want you to do something for me this morning. I want you to think about the people in your life that have supernaturally and positively impacted your faith. Think about the people that have discipled you and the people that have prayed for you and the people that have encouraged you and the people that have helped you grow in your faith. And let me tell you what I know all those people have in common. They are all thankful. They're thankful, grateful people. The people that have positively impacted your life for Christ are not grumblers and gripers. Have you noticed that? They're not the people that grumble and gripe. They're not the people that murmur and complain. The people in your life that have positively shifted your faith in the right direction are people that have a grateful, thankful spirit. As a matter of fact, you get around them and they're probably praising God for everything. They're praising God in the storm. They're praising God in the mountain. They're praising God for the good things. They're praising God for the bad things. And it's just almost crazy to think, how in the world can this person be so thankful and so grateful and be filled with so much praise and gratitude for God even when the world that they're living in is falling apart? And yet it is that kind of spirit that sets us apart for the work of God. And let me just flip the coin for just a second. A grumbling, griping, murmuring, and complaining Christian will never advance the kingdom. If you live with a grumbling, griping, complaining, murmuring spirit, you will not be the kind of Christian that advances the kingdom. As a matter of fact, you'll be the kind of Christian that hinders the kingdom from advancing in the hearts and lives of other people. I heard a testimony of a gentleman who lived most of his life as an alcoholic, and he finally came to Christ and got saved, got radically born again. And part of his testimony is that for the first few years of his life, the only people that he knew that were, quote, what he considered Christians were negative, grumbling, griping, complaining people. And he said, I literally remember thinking to myself, if that's what following Jesus looks like, I don't want to follow Jesus. He said, it seems like they complained about the weather. They complained about the government. They complained about their spouse. They complained about their jobs. They complained about this. They complained about that. He said, they were never happy about anything. And literally, this is what he said. He said, I used to think to myself, at least when I'm drinking at the bar for a couple hours, I have peace, but they never have peace. What a distorted perception of Christianity. But unfortunately, we all know today that if we're not careful, there is a critical, complaining, murmuring spirit that wants to set into the hearts and lives of Christians that pushes people away from the gospel. How sad it would be for the people that know us to think, well, at least when I go get drunk or at least when I go get high, I'm happy for a little while, but you're miserable all the time. What a horrible way to live our Christian life. Amen. So the power of thanksgiving is that it sanctifies us. It sets us apart in a way that we can influence our world for Christ and help other people to see Jesus in us. Amen. 
And then last but not least, I want you to see, it actually preserves us. Listen to what Paul said. It preserves us blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something about Thanksgiving that puts me in the will of God. There's something about Thanksgiving that sets me apart to do the work of God. And then Thanksgiving also preserves me, listen to what he says, spirit, soul, and body. So I can be prepared to meet the Lord. Now, I understand that we are prepared to meet God because of what Jesus did, not what we do. Amen? And so our spiritual life has been made right with God through Christ. But how many of you know that we not only have a spirit, we have a soul and we have a body? I have a soul of mind, will, and emotions, and I have a body the way I live and talk and act and, and conduct my daily life. I want to make sure that not just my spirit, but I want my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, and my body, my physical life and actions to be lived in such a way that I am always ready to meet the Lord. I would hate for Jesus to come back with, with a critical complaint in my mouth. I would hate for Jesus to come back and catch me murmuring and complaining about all the things that are going on in my life. So Thanksgiving not only puts us into the will of God, not only does it set us apart to do the work of God, but it also preserves us in a place that we can be ready to meet the Lord at any time. Now again, I'm not saying we're ready because of our works, we're ready because of our faith, but you understand what I'm saying, amen? So let's talk a little bit more about this Thanksgiving power. Look at the next point. So Thanksgiving frees us from the things that bind us, imprison us, and disconnect us from God. And the sad reality is, is we all understand that there are a lot of Christians today that are bound. They're bound by bitterness. They're bound by resentment. They're bound by a critical spirit. They're bound by a lot of things that are disconnecting and imprisoning them and keeping them from living the life that God has called us to live. But what we're going to see today and over the next couple of weeks is that Thanksgiving frees us from those things that imprison us. And this is how Thanksgiving works. Thank Thanksgiving works. Thanksgiving changes our focus and raises our awareness of God. It changes our focus. When I become thankful, you know what happens? In my Thanksgiving, all of a sudden, Thanksgiving changes my focus. And instead of focusing on my problem, I start focusing on my provider. Instead of focusing on my sickness, I start focusing on my healer. Instead of focusing on my suffering, I start focusing on my Savior. Come on, somebody. Because when I start giving thanks, right, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of disease, I learned a long time ago, when I'm sick as a dog and I can breathe a breath, I'll say, thank you, Lord, that you're my healer. Thank you, God, that you're my redeemer. Thank you, God, that you're making me whole. Thank you, Lord. I mean, I've been sick and I couldn't raise my head off the bed, and I'll still, every time I got a chance, I just say, Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you're my healer. I want to thank you that you're my deliverer. I want to thank you that you're making me whole. I want to thank you that you sent your word and you've healed me and you've delivered me. I want to thank you that by Jesus, Jesus stripes, I am healed, and I am redeemed, and I'm a child of God. And all of a sudden, when you start thanking God in your sickness, you all of a sudden, you focus on the healer. You start thanking God in the problem, and all of a sudden, you realize He's the provider, and it changes your focus. Because it is easy to be problem-focused, right? It's easy to see all the things that are wrong. How many you know we don't have a shortage of wrong? <laughs> There's not a shortage of problems. There's not a shortage of difficulties. There's not a shortage of challenges in our world today. Everybody in this room every day is confronted with unlimited opportunities where the problems are magnifying themselves, right? And news media loves to magnify the problem. But Thanksgiving, it re 
focuses our attention. All of a sudden, it takes us off the problem, and we start praising God and thanking God because He's the provider. Lord, I thank you that you're my source. I thank you that you're my deliverer. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to meet all my needs according to your riches and glory. I just want to thank you today, God, that you're going before me and you're going behind me. We just sung about it, right? You're my foreguard, my rear guard, and your favor surrounds me. I thank you that your word is my shield and my buckler. God, I thank you that you're my redeemer and my protector. God, I just want to thank you that you're the one that's watching out for me, that I'm the sheep of your pasture, and you're a good shepherd, God. I want to thank you for watching over my life. And all of a sudden, it shifts your focus. And you go from sickness to the healer. You go from the problem to the provider. You go from the suffering to the Savior. And I just think of what Paul said. He said, the suffering of this world is not even worthy to be compared to the glory of God that's going to be revealed in us through Christ Jesus. Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, that all these things, Lord, are working together for my good. That you're taking every, every bit of suffering, the physical, the emotional, the relational suffering that I'm walking through right now. And you're working it all together for my good because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. God, I want to thank you that you're the captain of my salvation and you are made perfect through suffering and you're perfecting my faith in my heart so that I'm becoming more and more like you and all of a sudden it just shifts our focus and I go from being focused on my suffering to being focused on the Savior who came to deliver me from my suffering and redeem me and purify me and once you change your focus something else happens once you change your focus all of a sudden Thanksgiving raises your awareness of God have you, ever, have you ever bought a new car? And that's a crazy question because if you've ever bought a car, you've bought a new car that's new to you, right? So I'm not talking about brand new off the parking lot. I'm just talking about you got a new car. And everybody in here, if you ever got a car, you got a new car. So think about what happened. What, you do remember? Maybe you really wanted that car and maybe you saved up for that car and maybe whatever you went through, all this stuff, and you finally bought the car. And when you bought the car, you thought, I'm going to be the only person in Arab, Alabama with this car. And the day you bought it, you saw five other cars just like it driving down the road. And you're like, what in the world did all those cars from? I'm the only, I'm the only one. I bought a black one because nobody else had a black one. Now you saw five black ones on the way home. How in the world did that happen? Let me tell you how it happened. The moment you focused on your car, it raised the awareness of your car all around you. And the moment through Thanksgiving you focus on God, guess what it'll do? It'll raise your awareness of God, and you'll start seeing God everywhere. You'll see Him in the problem, and you'll see Him in the pain. You'll see Him on the mountain, and you'll see Him in the valley. You'll see Him in difficulties, and you'll see Him in victories. Because you'll recognize the more you give thanks and focus your attention on Him, it raises your awareness of God, and all of a sudden, everywhere you turn around, there's God. Man, He's everywhere. He is everywhere. I didn't see him yesterday, but today I see him. I didn't recognize him yesterday, but today I recognize him. Why? Because that's the power of Thanksgiving. It changes my focus. It raises my awareness. And all of a sudden, I start seeing God all around me. Amen? And how many of you know he is all around you today? What a good God he is. Well, let's talk a little bit. The Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14 and 15, I want to reread that to you. He identifies five things that he's encouraging the Thessalonian believers to kind of encourage each other and help one another and support one another through. And as I was studying this scripture, the Holy Spirit said, Keith, he said these five things that he's encouraging them to help each other with are actually five things that can be remedied through thanksgiving. He said, if you want to live the kind of life where you can help people that are struggling here, first of all, you got to get victory over these things yourself. How many of you know that before you can help somebody kind of get their marriage together, it would be good if you had your marriage together? Amen? 
And so we recognize that Paul is teaching us here, hey, here's some things that are going on, and I want to help you find victory. And the key to overcoming these things, we're going to see is thanksgiving. Look what he says. He says, now we exhort you, brother, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, and see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. So let's talk about these five things. I want you to see how God uses thanksgiving to free us. The first one, thanksgiving frees us from an unruly, critical, complaining spirit. It frees us from an unruly, critical, complaining spirit. As I was praying over that verse, the Lord said, Keith, do you realize the word unruly means to, to, to be disobedient, to be rub, rebellious, or to be stubborn. And you're going to break the rules, right? You're unruly. You're not going to follow the rules. You're going to disobey the rules, and you're going to do your own thing. And this is what I was praying over that Holy Spirit said. He said, Keith, do you realize before there is ever a physical manifestation of disobedience, there is first a critical and complaining spirit that feeds it. Behind every disobedient act, there's a critical and complaining spirit. You become critical of that thing. You become complaining about that thing. And before you know it, you become disobedient in the very thing that God may be calling you to. And as I begin to think about that and pray about that, he just reminded me of Philippians chapter 2. Look at this great scripture. Do everything without complaining and arguing, right? We could just stop there and go home today. Amen. Preach it, Pastor Keith. That's it. We're done. Do everything without complaining and without arguing. We ought to put that on the refrigerator. So that no one can criticize you. And live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Let me tell you something. If you want to shine bright for Jesus, stop complaining. If you want to shine bright for Jesus, stop complaining and stop criticizing. Become the one person on your job that doesn't complain about your job. Become the one person on your job that doesn't criticize your supervisor and your manager. And you want to stand out, you'll stand out like a sore thumb. I mean, you will stand out like a bright light in the midst of darkness when you become the one person that doesn't complain and the one person that doesn't criticize what's going on on your job, in your, in your, in your, uh, in your family, in your nation. Hey, be the one person that goes to work and doesn't talk about their children in a negative way. Be the one person that goes to work and doesn't criticize their spouse or complain about their family environment. Be that person. Because when you start giving thanks, this is what the Holy Spirit said. He said, Keith, he said, when it's hard for you to criticize your family when you're really thankful for them. It's hard for you to criticize your job when you're thankful for it. It's hard for you to criticize your nation when you're thankful for it. Thanksgiving frees us from that critical spirit. It frees us from that complaining spirit. It frees us from an unruly heart that wants to just go out here and do our own thing. And all of a sudden, when I begin to thank God, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're for me and not against me. I thank you that you've made a way where there seems to be no way. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're working all things together for my good because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. And all of a sudden, I get set free from that critical and that complaining spirit. Now, I want to just interject something real quick here because the Holy Spirit just kind of checked my heart just this morning, driving to church this morning. He said, Keith, he said, you need to make sure people understand that when you talk about not complaining and not criticizing, that does not mean, hear me, that does not mean that we let unrighteous or unhealthy uh, or unholy uh, actions and attitudes go unchecked. 
When God says don't complain or criticize, he's not saying if you're in a horrible marriage and your spouse is treating you in a horrible way they shouldn't be treating you, well then just don't say nothing and everything will work out. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying don't complain about it and don't criticize it. But how many of you understand, when you look at the life of Jesus, you know what Jesus did? Jesus never complained and he never criticized, but he was faithful to confront. He confronted things. He confronted the Pharisees. He confronted his own disciples. He confronted people in their sin. He confronted issues. When there was an issue that was coming against the work of God and the kingdom of God, he confronted it. He didn't criticize about it, and he didn't complain about it. He confronted it. Guess what? If there's an issue in your marriage, you've got to confront it. If there's an issue in your family, you've got to confront it. If there's an issue on your job, you've got to confront it. But you don't have to complain or criticize about it. Now let me just be really honest. Let's just take our jobs for a minute. Maybe there's something going on in your job and you confront the issue with a supervisor. Let me give you some good news. Sometimes it works wonderful and let me give you the bad news. Sometimes it doesn't work at all. Sometimes they say, I'm sorry you think that way. Uh, we're not changing what we're doing. So keep doing what you're doing or get a new job, right? Sometimes that happens. Let's just be real. We're in the real world. Sometimes that happens. But guess what? If you confront instead of complain, if you confront instead of criticize, you become a part of the solution and you become a person that God can use to bring real change. As long as you're on the complain train, y'all know there's a complain train. One complain car comes by and it's easy to hook your little wagon right behind it. And before you know it, there's 400 people complaining about the same old thing. Just look on Facebook. I'm in the complain train. And boy, when one person complains, it's easy to jump on the complain train and jump on the complain train. And you're right, you know, I've been thinking that too, but I hadn't said anything. But boy, it's just horrible, and I can't believe they're doing that. And I don't even know if I want to work here anymore. My family, they're just going crazy. And the complain train. As long as you're on the complain train, you are the problem, you're not the solution. As long as you've got a critical, judgmental spirit, you are the problem, you're never the solution. You can confront and be a solution. You can confront and bring a remedy. You can confront and work through issues. But you can never complain or criticize your way to a better day, a better life, or a better future. It just won't work. That's why God said, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God. Lord, I thank you that you said that when a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies be at peace with him. Woo. I mean, I've had people come to me later on and say, you know what, Keith, I really didn't even like you, but I enjoyed working with you. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Why? In everything, give thanks. Because if we, if we allow an unruly, critical, complaining spirit, it will rob us of the joy that God wants to give to each and every one of us. And here's what, you, here's what we all know to be true, and i got to move on. We've got a lot more points to cover. But here's what we know to true. The thing you complain about, you never enjoy. The thing you're critical of, you never enjoy. If you're critical of your children, you'll not enjoy your children. If you complain about your marriage, you'll not enjoy your marriage. If you complain about your job, complain about your church, complain about the president, complain about the economy, complain about the world, you'll never enjoy the thing you complain and criticize. But when you start giving thanks in everything, not for everything, but in everything give thanks, 
thanking God for who he is in the midst of every circumstance, all of a sudden you can find joy in the midst of every environment you find yourself in because that's the gift of God and the power of thanksgiving that comes when we lift our voice to praise him. Amen? All right. Everybody still good? Y'all still with me? Praise the Lord. All right. Thanksgiving. Look at that next point. Thanksgiving frees us from a faint-hearted, fear-filled mentality. Paul said, comfort the faint-hearted. I love Deuteronomy 20. God says this. He says, Hero Israel, today you're on the verge of battle with your enemies. And do not let your hearts faint. And do not be afraid. And do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God, He goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and to save you. Don't be faint-hearted. Don't allow fear to override your heart. He says we ought to comfort the faint-hearted. Why? Because when we give thanks, I want you to see this. We understand that kind of faith and fear are opposite sides of the same coin. But I want to give you another revelation. I believe that thanksgiving has the power to free us from fear. When I start, when I'm confronted with an enemy, when I'm confronted with an opportunity, when I'm confronted with an obstacle or a problem in my life, it can be a million different things. But when I'm confronted with something that feels overwhelming and I want to become fearful and afraid, if I will begin to thank God that he's for me, if I will begin to thank God that he goes with me, if I will begin to thank God that he fights for me and that he wants to save me. The Lord our God, the Bible says, is a warrior. He is a man of war. And he knows how to fight for his children. And when I am scared out of my mind and I want to run in fear, I can stand in faith through the power of thanksgiving. Right? Why? Because thanksgiving, remember, reminds us, it refocuses us. On the God that's fighting for us. Amen? So thanksgiving frees us from a faint-hearted, fear-filled mentality that causes us to run away. Look at the next point. Thanksgiving frees us from a weak, give-up-because-I'm-exhausted mindset. Paul said we're to uphold the weak. Now think about this. How do we become weak? We become physically weak. We become emotionally weak. We become spiritually weak. And we've all experienced those times. We've all experienced those times where we're physically exhausted, right? Where we're mentally exhausted. If somebody else just says one more thing, I'm going to die. Right? We've all been there, right? If somebody else just says one more, it's just not, it's going to be ugly. Blow up. There you go. Explode, somebody else said. Here's the reality. We've all been there and done that. But here's the good news of the gospel. Through the power of thanksgiving, we can find strength in the midst of our weakness. When you feel like you're overwhelmed and you just want to give up, instead of giving up, I want to challenge you to do something. Instead of giving up, start giving thanks. Instead of giving up, start giving thanks. Look what the Bible says. Isaiah 40. Most of you probably know this scripture, but I want to just read it to you today. The Bible says, speaking of God, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait or trust or put their confidence on the Lord, in the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Thanksgiving frees us when we're weak. When we're overcome. When we're exhausted and we feel like giving up and giving in and running away. 
If we'll begin to thank God, guess what will happen? We will thank Him because guess what, God? You're my strength. You give power to the weak. You give strength to those who are weary. And God, if I will put my hope in you, you will renew my strength. And I will mount up on wings like an eagle. And I will run and not grow weary. And I will walk and I'll not grow faint. All that happens through the power of thanksgiving because all of a sudden it changes my focus. It raises my awareness that my God is with me and He gives strength to the weary. And when you're weak and exhausted and overwhelmed, thank God. Just start thanking Him for who He is. Thank Him for being your strength. Thank Him for being your shield. Thank Him for never leaving you. And that with every temptation, God, I thank you that you promise that with every temptation, there's always a way of escape. And you're going to lead me out and you're going to lead me up. And God, I just want to thank you for that. As we just begin to thank God in the midst of the struggle, God strengthens our hearts and gives us what we need to press through. Amen? Look at this next point. Thanksgiving frees us from an impatient perception that believes it's just not worth it. Paul said, be patient with everyone, with all people. Let me read 2 Peter 3, 9 to you. The Bible says, the Lord isn't really being slow about His promises as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. And He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but He wants everyone to repent. So Thanksgiving frees us from an impatient perspective. Now, I understand as I'm talking to everybody here today and all of you watching online, that everybody here in this room and everybody watching online, y'all are all very patient people and you never lose your patience. I realize that. <laughs> impatience robs us of so much. Impatience brings us to a place where we start thinking it's just not worth it. Right? It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. I can't wait. I can't do this again. I can't keep doing this. We keep going around the same old mountain, and I'm just so tired, and I'm just so impatient. I mean, come on, for all you moms and dads out there, have you ever thought to yourself, well, you're raising your kids, how many times do I have to tell you, clean your room, 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 clean your room. Isn't it crazy? You're like, come on, how, how long? But here's the remedy. If you want to be freed from an impatient spirit, start thanking God for all the times he's been patient with you. Think about what that scripture said in 2 Peter. God is not slow keeping his promises, but he is patient with us, not willing that any should perish. Let me ask you a question. How many times did God tell you, 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 and you just kept missing it, 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 and God kept telling you, 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 and finally he told you, and you're like, hey, maybe I might. Maybe I should. And the light bulb clicked on. How many of you are thankful for the patience of God? I'm so glad. I'm so glad he didn't give up on me. I'm so glad he still doesn't give up on me. I mean, I like to think I'm a little faster learner than I used to be. But sometimes I look back on my life and I'm like, Lord, I'm slow. <laughs> How many times did you have to tell me that? How many times did you have to show me that? How many times did you have to hit me over the head with that thing, God? And I still didn't get it. But I'm so thankful that you kept on doing what you did. Amen? 
And so the way we overcome and get set free from an impatient spirit is we learn how to thank God for His patience. Lord, I thank you for, for waiting on me. I thank you for being gracious with me. I thank you for keeping on, keeping on, and keeping on, and keeping on whenever I was hard-headed and I was stubborn and I was blind and I was deceived and I just didn't get it. God, thank you for your patience with me. And I found out that when I start thanking God for His patience with me, it frees me from impatience with others and all of a sudden I can begin to see people and circumstances and situations through the lens of patience instead of through an impatient perspective that wants to just walk away throw in the towel and say it's not worth it let me just say it like this guys today how many know our families are worth it Amen. I mean let's just be really honest the, 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 the people that steal your patience the most are the people you live with and the people you work with and the people you're closest with see they're so close they can just rub you wrong and it's easy to become very impatient with the people we care about the most but the more thankful we are for God's patience the easier it is right to be patient with people that are around us specifically our own family and our kids all right next point y'all still with me I got two more points y'all good for two more all right, here we go. Thanksgiving frees us from a vindictive, get even bitterness that sours our soul. That's a lot of big words right there. Vindictive, they all got meaning to them. Get even bitterness that sours our soul. God said this in 1 Thessalonians 5. He says, do not render evil to those who do evil to you. Thanksgiving frees us from that. See, whenever we have a vindictive spirit and we want to get even that get even vindictive spirit is rooted in unforgiveness and bitterness and because of unforgiveness we become bitter and we become resentful and we become calloused and we become cold and it's really easy let's just be honest I, I wish it was really hard to be offended but it's not <laughs> isn't it really easy to be offended it's so easy to be offended. It's so easy to get our feelings hurt. It's so easy to take things personal. It's so easy to let people say something, do stuff, and all of a sudden we interpret it in a way that just creates this huge wall of offense and bitterness and resentment. And all of a sudden, before you know it, we are bound in this prison of bitterness. And it literally does sour our souls. One of my favorite quotes about unforgiveness is, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies but they don't die you do you die and so let me give you a great promise look at Romans chapter 12 this is an interesting twist the Bible says dear friends never take revenge leave that to the righteous anger of God for the scripture says I will take revenge this is God speaking and I will pay them back says the Lord God says never take revenge Never take revenge. Why? Because God says, I will take revenge. Let me tell you a little simple way to thank God. When you feel offended, you can thank God that He's a God of justice and that He will settle every account. See, because when you hold unforgiveness in your heart toward another sir, uh, person, do you remember how Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer? King James says it something like this, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now that's kind of a crazy way to say that, right? But think about unforgiveness this way. When I have unforgiveness in my heart toward another person, 
I feel like they owe me something. You've hurt me, you've wronged me, and you owe me. Maybe you owe me an apology. Maybe you owe me money. <laughs> Maybe you owe me a new car because you blew it up. I don't know, but I'm offended with you, and I've been hurt by you, and you owe me. And when we live in that vengeful place of unforgiveness, we feel like people owe us, and we're always trying to extract payment from them. I don't know if you've ever had the honor of being a bill collector. Trying to collect money is hard. And you know what? It's not fun. There is no joy in calling people and say, hey, you got that $100 you owe me? 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 That's not fun. Horrible. That's what unforgiveness puts you in a place to do that. Now you spend your life trying to collect a debt. Let me just give you a revelation today. There's nothing they can do to undo what's been done. There's nothing they can do to undo what's been done. They should apologize. They should ask for your forgiveness. They should pay you back if they owe you money. Yes, yes, yes. I agree with all that, and I believe God agrees with all that stuff. I believe that's all biblical. But here's the revelation. All that stuff, none of that stuff is going to undo what they did. There's only one way to be free from bitterness and, uh, and unforgiveness. You have to forgive. And here's a good prayer to pray. God, I thank you that because you've forgiven me, I can forgive this person. See, Thanksgiving frees us. I thank you that you've forgiven me. Think of all the things God's forgiven you of. Think of all your sins. And all of them, the Bible says, he's cast as far as the east is from the west, holding none of them against us. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. Forgiveness frees us from that vindictive bitterness that wants to sour our souls, and it allows us to forgive others because we remember that God has forgiven us. Amen? Look at the last point. We're going to wrap it up with this. Thanksgiving frees us because it changes our focus. It raises our awareness. Freedom is a choice. It's a choice. And every time we choose to give thanks, we break the chains of bondage. Freedom is a choice. God said this very clearly in the Bible, and it's a consistent theme throughout Scripture. Choose you this day, choose you this day, choose you this day, life or death, blessing or cursing. It is a choice. It is all a choice today. And we get to choose. Are we going to be bound by these things that are disconnecting us from God and robbing us of the peace of God and the joy of the Lord? Or are we going to choose thanksgiving? Because if I choose to be thankful and grateful, all of a sudden that thankful spirit frees me from these things. I wish I could say this is the easiest thing you're ever going to do. It's not. You're going to have to cultivate it. You're going to have to work on it. You're going to have to be on purpose. You're going to have to choose Thanksgiving. You're going to have to choose it on purpose every day. But let me just tell you something. The more you choose it, the more you'll enjoy the fruit of it. And I don't know that it ever becomes easy, but it does get easier to choose Thanksgiving over a critical or complaining spirit. So I want us to do something. We're going to get ready to pray together. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. And I just want to challenge you today. If there's an area in your life that maybe you realize, man, I've been imprisoned by this thing. Maybe it's a critical spirit. Maybe it's impatience. Maybe you're just weak and exhausted and you've really been just contemplating, how do, I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to walk away. I don't know where you're at. Maybe, maybe there's... 
Maybe there's a bitterness from a hurt or from a wound in your past that needs to be forgiven and let go of. I, I want to just challenge you to do something. I want to just challenge you. Let's just practice the word of the Lord today. In everything, give thanks. And just begin to thank God that, that He is gracious and He is kind and that He has given you everything that you need. The Bible says for life and godliness, everything that we need to live this life. And Lord, today we choose thanksgiving. We choose to give thanks. We choose to thank you and praise you in the midst of every storm and trial that we're in. And God, we thank you today that there's grace to forgive and there's grace to overcome. Lord, I thank you there's strength and there's victory and there's power and there's hope that comes into our hearts through that spirit of thanksgiving. And Lord, that today we can tap into something maybe we've never tapped into before. And so I just encourage you right now just to do business with the Lord. This is your moment just to begin to offer thanksgiving to Him and break the chains of those things that are binding you. Maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online and you realize today that you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you're kind of on the outside looking in this morning and maybe you're contemplating some of the things that I've been talking about today. I'm just going to tell you, apart from Christ, it's impossible. But in Him, there's victory. In Him, you can receive and you can live the life God's called you to live. And He loves you this morning. So I want to just say this here today. If you're here this morning in this room or maybe you're watching online and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. If you're here and you want to pray this prayer with me, just raise your hand here in person. Online, just, just type in, I'm raising my hand, or I want to accept Christ. And we want to pray with you today. If you're here this morning and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just a simple act of faith, today's my day. I want to accept Him as my Lord. I want to just pray this prayer, and if you're watching online, you can pray it with me. And I just want to ask everybody here in the room today just to pray it out loud with me. Let's say it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I confess you as my Lord. I receive the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ my Lord. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Amen.